Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, a big blow to the Biden administration as they lose a battle in court with a federal judge in Louisiana just a few hours ago, temporarily blocking the Biden administration from ending a Trump-era pandemic restriction that was on the U.S.-Mexico border known as Title 42. Take a listen. Here is Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, commenting after the news came down. The Department of Homeland Security has projected that there could be an increase in people coming to the border, and that's why they've had a six-part, multi-part plan and proposal and policy they've been implementing for months now to prepare for that. Well, it doesn't seem like they had very much of a plan at all. And in fact, many Democrats were also deeply, deeply upset that Title 42 is about to be lifted. This comes as we have seen historic numbers at our U.S. border and, of course, the border with Mexico. We just had reports recently of terrorists who got through, people that were on the terrorist watch list. You know that those are bad folks. We've seen skyrocketing fentanyl numbers. And now a federal judge has stepped in and at least putting a temporary block on the administration's plans to lift Title 42. You know what is so wild is that this comes at a time where the mask mandate, they were pushing to have that in place, saying on mass transit, on airplanes and on trains and other locations. Well, in those cases, guess what? They believe there should be Basically, a mandate in place that there's such a huge health issue and they believe with COVID spreading and potential other issues, well, they're pushing hard on the mask mandate to stay in place. So wait a minute. Title 42 at the border. In other words, you don't need a health restriction whatsoever on our U.S. southern border with people who have been traveling for weeks, if not months to get to America, many of them sleeping in very difficult, squalid conditions, very treacherous conditions to try to make it to America. Some of them living under bridges and just you can imagine the kind of conditions they're in. But there's no health issue there. I mean, just the double standard was so blaring that now a federal judge, at least short term, has issued this block. And in just one minute or so, we're going to have the great former ICE director, Tom Holman, join us here on the Rita Cosby Show to give us his take to this big news that has come down, that yet another blow to the Biden administration, because they also had a blow regarding the Remain in Mexico policy. 
the Supreme Court was going to hear and will be hearing issues on this case. That's going to be a fascinating one. This is a huge week for border security and the safety, I believe, of our country. Well, take a listen. This is Governor Greg Abbott of Texas talking about how dangerous it is if Title 42 was going to be lifted. And by the way, this is just a temporary hold by the judge, but still obviously an important sign that the judge is seeing a double standard. But that is still scheduled at this point, barring the judge's issue basically staying in place. Remember, again, it's temporary, so it could delay it. It could be a permanent block, which could also be an issue too as well. We'll see where it goes. But right now, Prior to this ruling, Title 42 was supposed to be lifted on May 23rd, and Governor Abbott was very, very worried. No one knows what Biden is trying to do by this, but what we all know is if he lifts Title 42, uh, it will be catastrophic for the United States of America because look only uh, at what his own Department of Homeland Security has stated, and that is to expect, with the lifting of Title 42, about 18,000 people coming across the border per day. And here's a little bit more from Governor Abbott about what could happen when Title 42, or if it is now, going to be lifted. It means that more than 6 million people will be coming across the border a year. And, and about half of those would be in the state of Texas. That We would have coming across the border in one year more people than uh, our residents of our largest city in Texas, which is Houston. We would be adding more than one Houston a year. There's no way. The state of Texas can assimilate those people, uh, and there's no way the United States can assimilate that number of people. And so what Joe Biden is doing is far more than reckless. It's the most disastrous thing to the United States of America anybody's ever witnessed in our lifetime. And again, big breaking news that now a federal judge has temporarily blocked the administration from lifting the border restrictions. And joining us now here live on the show is Tom Holman, former acting ICE Director, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement Director. Uh, Tom Holman, great to have you here. Thanks for having me. You know, what's your reaction to this big news? This is big, Tom, that a federal judge has at least temporarily blocked the administration from lifting this health pandemic restriction that, you know, you and I have talked before was ridiculous that it was being lifted. What's your reaction? At least this is good news. Yeah, I think it's good news because it's going to give Border Patrol some relief. Uh, because they need it. Look, the Border Patrol is already overwhelmed. Even with Title 42 in place, they're on a they're on a glide path right now to beat last year's numbers. And last year's numbers were historic high, the highest we've ever seen. And right now, even with Title 42, you're looking at 2.5 million. You know, when last year was 1.7, 1.9. So they're going to beat last year's number by half a million people. And, and you can tell the Border Patrol is overwhelmed because. 60, I used to say 40 to 50, but now they're up to 60. 60% of border patrol agents are no longer on the line. They're in facilities processing people. What does that mean? It means more gotaways. What does that mean? Record amount of fentanyl coming across the border, over 116,000 overdose deaths now because the border is wide open because half the border patrol is not there. But the biggest concern, the biggest concern to me is last month they reported 67,000 known gotaways. That doesn't count the number of aliens entering the country that didn't trip a camera or trip a sensor. 67,000 known gotaways. Now, they just announced they've arrested uh, 42 known you know, people off the terrorist watch list, 42 of them. So 
we, terrorists don't want to get arrested, right? They're trained how to, you know, not not be caught by law enforcement. So if there's 67,000 people across the border that weren't fingerprinted, weren't arrested, no biographical information, no background checks, no vetting, how many of that 67,000 might be on the screening database? That's just scared the hell out of everybody. And on top of the 67, since Joe Biden became president, there's been over 700,000 gotaways. No wow. gotaways. Not, not Tom Holman's numbers, CBP's numbers. 700,000 gotaways. And if you don't think one of those gotaways, at least one, didn't come from the country that sponsored terrorism, then you're ignorant. Look, they've arrested people from 57 different countries, some of them that sponsor terrorism. So, again, I'll, I'll put out any left-leaning open borders advocate out of the 700,000 that arrested in 57 countries. Do you really think not one of them came from a, a country sponsoring terrorism and came here to do us harm? Because if you think that, then you're ignorant. You, you're ignoring the, 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 facts, the factual data. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that is a staggering number, uh, 700,000 known gotaways since President Biden took office. You know, I want to ask your reaction because you have been there on the front lines, Tom. Um, you know it so well, the border, and, and which is why I always so love having you on. Our audience loves you and loves to hear your perspective because it's it's so spot on and it's so important. Um, I, I, for the life of me, Tom, cannot understand how at the same time, and literally it's like within the same week, where they were pushing for the mask mandate on mass transit in America saying, oh, you know, COVID and health issues, there's still a big concern. We got to be careful uh, telling people, you know, to mask up and push for that mandate. You know, when the judge lifted that, they were upset about it and they're appealing it. The DOJ is going to appeal it, claiming CDC health reasons. And yet at the border, they're they're wanting to eagerly push to get Title 42 lifted, which was a health restriction. How do you reconcile this, Tom? You can't reconcile it, but Title 42 was spoiling their open borders plan. So Joe Biden's going to listen to the progressive left to help get him elected. They want open borders. They want Title 42 to go away. I said from day one, Joe Biden knew exactly what he's doing during the campaign, making all his promises, and nice detention, going to have amnesty, going to get free health care. We're going to put moratorium on deportations. We're going to abolish ICE. And they pretty much did abolish ICE. Their mission has been abolished. But they knew they were going to drive a search to, to satisfy the progressive left open borders advocate. So the Title 42 is in the way. From, from from getting full open borders, so they're they're willing to throw it out. And again, it's, it it just doesn't make sense why they would go from the most secure border in my career under President Trump and go to an historic illegal immigration within a year. And the reason it is because these people are going to millions of people become the United States, who they they're, they're Democrats and the open borders people actually think are future Democratic voters. They're importing voters, and even if they don't vote. They're still going to be counted in the census, which is going to you know, result more seats in the House for the Democrats. So this is look, Title Forty Two is in their way. They have shown over and over again they're not going to make a they're not making a single move, not done one thing to slow the flow. Every time the secretary talks, he just throws out another magnet saying, "Well, ICE can't arrest you if you're just here illegally. We're not going to arrest you. ICE can no longer do work site enforcement operations. You know, you don't even have to see a judge to claim asylum now. We're going to let a CIS." employee do it on the border. Uh, we're, we're not going to detain people. We're going to release them with, with, with a telephone. You keep hearing oh, everything he says drives more immigration. It's a pull factor. So Secretary of Homeland Security, rather than doing one thing to slow the flow, he just keeps throwing out more magnets. Now, and let me say this one more thing. 
Title 42. The secretary said the other day, well, you know, if the CDC stops, I can't control the CDC's different department. They don't work for me. However, Remain in Mexico is under his purview. He's been sued. I was a part of that lawsuit. He was sued to reinstate the Remain in Mexico program, and he hasn't done it. He's done it with baby steps. Like last month, I think they removed 212 people through the Remain in Mexico. We removed 212 a minute under President Biden. I mean, President Trump. So he's purposely slow rolling Remain in Mexico. If he really wants to secure the border when they lift Title 42, they put the Remain in Mexico program back in. Just dust off the Trump plans. It works. It was a game changer. But then again, he doesn't want to secure the border. You know, you hit a great point, Tom, because he was ordered by the court to actually do that Remain in Mexico. And yet they have been defying the court order. Like you just said, it's around 200 that they actually have, quote, kept in Mexico. At what point is a judge going to say, enough? Judges don't like to have their orders defied. I'm begging the court. I've been saying on the network news, a judge needs to call call him in, order him contempt the court. Look, she's supposed to be the Secretary of Homeland Security. First of all, if the man had any integrity, Secretary of Homeland Security, he has the same data you and I have. He knows that 42 people on the screening database were arrested at our borders. He knows there's 700,000 gotaways. If he had an ounce of integrity... He would call the White House and say, I can no longer support open borders because it's a huge national security issue. Something's going to happen devastating in this country. 9-11, we created a database. You can't get a plane ticket come to this country. You can't get a visa come to this country unless you get vetted through numerous databases, including DOD databases. We did that. We created a visa security program. We, secured, we started the no-fly list. We, we, we created a, a, a DOD intel database. It's, you can't get in this country with a ticket or, or, or a visa. However, those things mean nothing right now because you're a terrorist. Why would you go through a risk of going through all these databases and being found when you can simply cross the southwest border the same way 67,000 did last month and not get arrested? So the, the, the Secretary of Homeland Security, he needs to be impeached. What he's done is almost treasonous. And, 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 this, and this homeland is less secure under his leadership. Every month he's been in office, the numbers keep climbing. 221,000 last month, the highest under Biden administration, the highest in over 25 years, quarter of a century. He has failed at this job. He needs to be impeached. He needs to be removed. You know, Tom Homan, before I let you go, too, because I want to ask you about the amount of deaths. You brought up an interesting point, too, that more people have died um, also uh, regarding crossing the border, uh, trying to get into U.S. soil under Biden, right, than under Trump when you were there. Absolutely. They keep saying Trump's policy is inhumane. I say Biden's policy are much more inhumane. Why? Because a record number of migrants have died on U.S. soil since Joe Biden's become president. They broke, they broke records. Just, just short of 700 migrants have died on our soil, either drowned in a river or, or abandoned in the desert or just simply killed by the, the, the smugglers because they couldn't pay their fees. So almost 700 dead migrants, which is a record. You know, and, and, and on top of that, over 100,000 fentanyl deaths. Fentanyl is coming across the border. DEA says 95% of fentanyl comes across the open southwest border. And they're making, they made a statement two weeks ago saying they're going to see an epidemic of huge proportions this year if we don't secure the border. Joe Biden's policies have caused more deaths than President Trump's policy. And I'll say one more thing. When Trump had the border down to a 40-year low, when we, were, when we had – we had illegal immigration on 83%. How many women didn't get raped? How many children didn't die? How many migrants didn't die? How many pounds of fentanyl didn't come to this country to, to, to kill our young folks? How many billions of dollars did the cartels not make? President Trump's policies 
saved lives. That's just a stone-cold fact. Yeah, and for some reason, this administration, everything that is Trump, they don't want to touch, even if they were extremely successful, um, just as you talk about. And it is terrible because I think I agree with you, Tom. It's putting our country at risk in a big, big way. Tom Holman, we love having you on, the former ICE director. Thank you so much for joining us, Tom. All right, have a good night. Thank you. You too. When we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. You heard Tom's thought that he thinks Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, should be impeached or resigned because he has put this country at such significant risk. Your thoughts about this and also the judge's ruling stepping in saying, what are you doing, Biden administration? That after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Some of our people who are crossing the border are doing a lot more than taking the money and run. They're getting free phones. They're getting free health care. They're getting free flights, for goodness sakes. And now some big news, everybody, as you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show tonight, because a federal judge has temporarily blocked the Biden administration from ending Title 42, which President Trump put in place. You just heard from Tom Holman, who is the acting ICE director under then-President Trump, and he was saying, listen, it worked. It was a good thing to put in place. I put it in place during coronavirus. And again, this administration wants to lift the mask mandate, wants to keep the mask mandate in place, rather. They're pushing to have it still in place because they're saying there are health issues and they want to protect American lives. So they're worried of what happens on a train or a bus or a flight, but they're not worried about what's entering in our southern border, even from a health perspective. And then you just heard from Tom Holman talking about 42 terrorists that were apprehended. Those are just the ones we know about. And I agree with Tom when Tom was saying that there were about 700,000 known gotaways since President Biden took office. Those are the ones who they can't keep track of. My goodness, you can imagine who's in that batch of 700,000 that we have no idea and they are in this country. And Tom Holman saying that he thinks that the Secretary of Homeland Security should either be impeached or resigned, that he has been derelict in his duty to protect the country. Let's take your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Charles on line three. Charles, your thoughts about this. Go ahead. Hi, hi. Great show. Uh, let me help you out with the uh, reconciling but seems like uh, hypocrisy. Yeah, help me, help reason, me, please. I'm begging. Sure, I, I'll help you out. The reason, the reason it's okay for fentanyl and COVID to come in is simply because it's definitely worth the price of of these people becoming Democrat voters. How, however, the real reason that we're supposed to put on masks and all that stuff, even two year olds and so on, would be very uncomfortable. Is not, has nothing to do with health. Nothing to do with, with uh, saving Americans. They don't care. It's got to do with keeping us in fear, keeping us being controlled. I see people in my neighborhood constantly driving with, in cars. They're alone in the car with a mask on. They're petrified. Therefore, when it comes to the election, maybe they'll be able to use it to, again, 
win, not exactly legally. Uh, or we talk about what drop boxes and and absentee yeah, yeah, voting and some of the things I, that I, many I, believe I, help the Democrats. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it. Past, sorry to interrupt. I wouldn't put it past them to let out the virus so they can win the elections. There's nothing they wouldn't do. Nothing. Well, you know, well, you know what's interesting, Charles and Charles, thank you very much for the call. But, you know, what's interesting is that we just heard from Tom Holman saying that it is unfathomable that they would have an open border. Um, And just like you're saying, you know, all the reasons, none of them are good reasons for this administration to have that border open and to be pushing for Title 42 to be lifted. I mean, there's no positive reason. You know, it's not like, well, we're trying to do X. I mean, they're all very questionable, nefarious reasons, and none of them put American security at the forefront. And that's what really, really concerns me. I mean, to me, when I'm looking at it and as you're talking about, like, I agree with you on the mask mandate that for whatever reason, I'm just playing devil's advocate because they say it's for health reasons. So if it's health reasons there, but there's no health reasons at the border, it, it makes common sense where you go, wait a minute. This is completely questionable. And obviously a judge is calling him out tonight. We're going to keep up with the calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great men and women In law enforcement, a powerful story coming out of the Tampa, Florida area where a Florida deputy risked his own life when he scaled several balconies to rescue a toddler and others from a burning Orange County apartment building. The deputies responded to apartment building on Saturday morning. They found a three-story apartment building on fire, and as authorities evacuated feverishly residents from their apartments, They saw a toddler and her mother and others on a third floor balcony with flames coming from the apartment. So Deputy William Pazinski, sounds like a good Polish name potentially there, wasted no time as he dropped his ballistic vest and body camera and began to scale the exterior of the building to get to the one-year-old girl who was on the third floor. And he kept shouting, hand me the baby, hand me the baby, we are coming, as he positioned himself on the banister of the second floor balcony. The woman extended the crying baby to him, and then she said, please come back and get me, and which he did. First, he got the baby safely lowered to another deputy who was waiting on the ground, and then he and others helping the mother and also a grandmother down the ladder. There were amazingly... No casualties in the fire and also no deputies were injured. What a great, great work by this deputy in the Tampa, Florida area. And sadly, as we have been talking about the border, um, it was just heartbreaking to hear the news that in the last 24 hours or so, they have discovered the body of that Texas National Guardsman, 22-year-old Bishop Evans. And he was there at the Texas border when a number of migrants were crossing. He went in to save two migrants, and they made it out, but he did not. And they were looking feverishly through the weekend for his body. They presumed he may have drowned, and now they found his body. Um, And how sad uh, that he has passed away. And it just shows the hard work 
that our men and women are doing down there at the border and how important it is what they're doing. And the sad news is, guess who these people were that he was saving? They were drug smugglers. According to border agents, they were saying that it turned out that these two folks were actually smuggling drugs into the border. So this just shows what border agents are doing is just so important and so deadly serious And they risk their lives every single day to protect all of us. And as you just heard from Tom Holman, too, that a huge portion of them can't even work at the border because they're stuck at these processing locations. And the ones who are at the border, like Bishop Evans, are overwhelmed. There's just so many things happening. There's so many people crossing the borders. And it's just so heartbreaking to hear the news of the passing of this Texas National Guardsman. Here's a comment from Governor Abbott of Texas about his passing. Obviously, uh, what has happened is, is a tragedy. Uh, it shows how dangerous it is on the border. Uh, it shows heroism uh, by uh, the member of the Texas National Guard uh, who was trying to save lives. And he also said if the situation was much better controlled at the border by the federal government, the National Guard wouldn't have needed to be there. Take a listen. First, uh, we would not have to have the National Guard on the border uh, if the Biden administration was very simply enforcing the laws passed by the United States Congress and securing our border. Second, uh, if the Biden administration merely kept in place what the Trump administration put in place, uh, the the Trump administration led to the lowest number of border crossings in decades. We are dealing with a catastrophe caused by the Biden administration. And Kevin McCarthy, the... House Minority Leader went down. He led a delegation down to the border today. He was down there at the border looking at it firsthand. And he reminded us all that Biden has still yet to go to the border. Ever. I mean, that's what's so amazing. In his whole time, there is one, like, evidence that he kind of drove near the border on a campaign stop years and years and years ago. But he has not gone to the border. I mean, isn't that amazing? You are president of the United States. It is a major issue. And even Kamala Harris just made like a little pit stop. Remember that. But he has not even done a pit stop. It, to me, is astounding. And take a listen. This is Kevin McCarthy, the congressman, talking about that and the crises if Title 42 should be lifted. We could stop this. This is all being created by what Biden's actions have been. And he should not lift Title 42. That's what we're down here to under- talk about. This is what we're watching. I think the president should be here and actually see what's going on before he makes any decision like that. The speaker should be down here. The vice president should be down here. Yeah, where the heck are they? Why are they not caring about this crisis that we're all caring about? And as we were just talking about before the break, listen to the double standard of what Those who are crossing the border get, they get a phone, they get a whole bunch of stuff. And this is what Kevin McCarthy says that he witnessed when he was down there at the border today. Coming here and seeing the life of specialist Brandon Evans, he gave his life here to fend because he didn't want to see somebody drowned and talk now as those people were transporting drugs across. And then going through the processing and watching the ICE facility provide these individuals with phones, literally putting the phones together for them on facial recognition and handing them a phone where they can call anywhere. And that's the way we're going to track somebody walking into America. That is 
astounding. Under the Biden administration, 700,000 gotaways and the ones that didn't get away. That's, by the way, a huge number, 700,000. You know there's some bad folks in there. Those are the ones we have no clue about. And the ones who have come across the border, the way we monitor them is, hey, here's a cell phone, honor system. Try to show up for court if you could in a year or two. We'll see you then. Isn't that a great security system at a time where there are so many issues going on in America right now and overseas? I mean, we just had, and we're going to talk about later on in the next hour, about the visit of Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, and Blinken, who went over to Russia. You don't think that there's some bad person tied to the Wagner group or anybody tied to Putin that might wish to do us harm and come through the southern border right now? What about Iran or North Korea? The list sadly goes on and on. And the fact that it is a wide open border and they're handing them a cell phone, those are the ones that they get. That to me is astounding. And I'm so glad that this judge in the last few hours came down with this decision to at least temporarily block the lifting of Title 42. And I hope the other judge who is reviewing the case of the Remain in Mexico, because that was another policy that Trump had adhered to, to keep them in Mexico for processing. Once they get approved for asylum, then they can come across the border. Why would you rush to get them across the border at this time and not vet them, not know what their criminal history is in their own country, and then trust them with the honor system? And boy, what a different standard they're treating Americans who are here with. I mean, this is just, it is insane to me. You know, when I listen, and we just had Tom Holman here on the show, I agree with him. It is a dereliction of duty. It is atrocious. Not just the way that the Homeland Security Secretary has handled it, but also the president. It is so horrible. Our borders need to be protected. That is one of the most, first and foremost, responsibilities of the Homeland Security Secretary and also our president. And for them to just say, ah, let's not worry about it. Come on in. Come on in with a big old neon sign that it takes judges to have to intervene. What is obviously common sense to all of us, that it is not a safe and secure border. And in fact, it is exactly the opposite. And you have to ask, why are they doing it? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe on line six. Go ahead, Joe, your thoughts about this. Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you why they're doing it. Number two, two reasons. One is for the votes, like you always say. And the second is I think that all these people coming in, they figure if they go to work, that's money for the government. They got to pay their taxes. So that's that's one reason that I'm thinking there. Plus, wait, but you're saying that they're going to come in. A lot of them don't pay taxes, by the way. You're you're thinking that they actually contribute. A lot of them don't. A lot of them get paid under the books. Uh, They don't get you know, they don't do taxes. Uh, They get some health benefits. They get a lot of other perks. But a lot of them don't actually end up paying taxes, so it doesn't help. And in other words, it takes away from our services, and they're not contributing to add to it. We're paying for it, Tom. Uh, Joe, you and I are paying for it. Right. But here's another. Here's the other side. Do you, do you want your money, Joe? Do you want your taxpayer money to go towards this? No, no. But, but I feel some of the people will work, though. They're not all bad, you know. Oh, no. And by, the, and by the way, Joe, Joe, for the record— I don't blame anybody for wanting to come to this country. 
You know, right. I, I, it is the greatest country in the world. I mean, America, I think, is the beacon on the hill. It's the most amazing country in the world. I've traveled to a lot of other countries, and every time I come back, I'm so happy to come back and proud to be an American. And so it is by far the greatest country. I don't blame people for wanting to leave their situations to come here. What I blame is that our security is so horrible at the border, there is no security. And that this administration is trying to tell everybody Americans to mask up and worry about coronavirus, worry about this. But then they say there's basically zero COVID at the border because they have they want to push to lift any health restrictions or anything that would prohibit people from crossing the border. I mean, it, it just it defies logic why you would do that. If if you really care about the health of Americans so much that you're going to push for mask mandates on mass transportation for law-abiding citizens, then you got to have the same standard at the border, and you sure don't, Joe. Right. But, Rita, let me finish with this. Here's the bad side of it. They're going to bust the system because the crime is going to come in. There's going to be health issues. Social services won't be able to handle it. The IRS is, is at which they have to hire five, 6,000 more people. Social services is going to get busted. And where is the housing? Where are they all going to go? No, great point. Guess what? Each state basically is now being thrust upon with illegal immigrants. I mean, I know people who've said, gosh, suddenly in my kid's school, there are uh, 20 new people and none of them speak English. And they mentioned they came in on a flight a couple weeks ago. You know, I mean, that's why they're dumping them in different cities across the country. A, so those those countries, those cities rather, and those states have to sustain and pay for the social services. They also don't want the image of this huge group coming across the border. But, I mean, we're already seeing the images, Joe, in the last, like, few weeks. I mean, it's bad. And imagine if Title 42 ultimately does get lifted. Now a judge has stepped in and said, let's temporarily wait. But if it does ultimately still get lifted, remember those scenes that we saw, like, of the the huge caravan coming from Guatemala and all those places, where it was thousands upon thousands of them. And then those images of the Haitians under the Del Rio Bridge, I bet you we're going to see a whole bunch of that if this gets lifted. And to me, how can any state suddenly handle that? I mean, that that is an enormous, enormous amount. And in fact, Joe, one of the things we were talking about last week, uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick of Texas believes that illegal immigrants will make up 20 percent of the population by 2024. I mean, that is a staggering amount. And to your point, we pay for it. We, the taxpayers who contribute, pay for it. And people who took the time to come here legally and get vetted and get screened and all those other things, a lot of them really resent the fact that people are just somehow just, you know, walking across the border, taking selfies at the broken down border wall, you know, that that Biden took down. And he just is not making any preparations. And it's not, you know, and it's not uh, they're taking advantage of the system. I don't blame them. You know, America is a great country. It's the best place in the world. They want to come because they're getting all this free stuff. And it's a great place to live, especially compared to where they are. But it's our responsibility to vet it. It's our responsibility to check their backgrounds. And we are not doing that. Let's go to Norman on line three. Norman, your thoughts about all of this in Title 42. Norm, did you hear a federal judge just a little bit ago temporarily blocked the Biden administration from ending it, at least is looking at it and saying, whoa, 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 don't be so fast to lift this. What's your thoughts on that? 
Arena, yeah, I, I celebrate the stay of Title 42. It's a start, and I just my comments are that I suggest to your frustrated patriotic callers all over this great country to not get frustrated, you know, to get involved in the defense of this country through peacefully protesting groups that are all over this country. And one of those groups, I mean, I, I know you're a national show. One of those groups is my group, and that's the NewYorkFreedomRally.org. And, uh, we and Norm, go all over and Norm, the Norm, I love yeah. your fight for freedom. You're welcome to give it out. I'm glad you did because uh, you, you're always, uh, you know you. what, you are consistent on fighting for freedom and fighting for individual rights. And I love that, Norm. Thank you, Rita. And, you know, it's not just my group. There are groups. Uh, we're, we're the majority, Rita. We're not the minority. And we're winning. And this is a crack. This is a crack in the shell. And um, we're going to win. And the next few, oh, God, the next few months before November, we're going to be fighting. We're going to be fighting. And you're going to hear about things. And uh, some of those, they're, they're going to be good things. And uh, hopefully the hopefully the press will give us good press. And that's all I got to say. But don't get frustrated, Americans. We're, uh, we're, we stand tough and we'll, we'll get through this. Well, Norm, you keep us posted. I always love your updates and I love your fight for freedom. And I, you know, you do these peaceful protests, which is, I think, what it is all about. But get your voices out there. Bravo. Thank you so much, Norm. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. I love Norm's idea of getting out there and protesting. Get your voices heard because this is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. How sad that a Texas National Guardsman, a young guy, 22 years old, took off his walkie-talkie and his vest and all that stuff and went in and dove to try to save some migrants. It turns out that they were drug smugglers, but, of course, he didn't know that. He just went in to go and save two individuals, and it just shows the risks that these brave men and women at the border are doing every day. And Brandon Judd, who is with the Border Patrol Association, had this to say about this sad loss of life. This is something that we could have stopped. If we had the proper policies on the border, these individuals wouldn't be crossing in Del Rio. Historically speaking, Del Rio is a very slow sector. We have nine sectors on the border, on on the southwest border, and Del Rio is a very slow sector. But since President Biden completely took away all of the policies that President Trump implemented, we've seen an explosion in Del Rio. This was preventable. This was preventable. And you just heard also from Tom Homan, who was just saying how stretched thin the Border Patrol agents are. And so Texas National Guard were there to try to help. And this is before the lifting of Title 42. The good news is, again, guys, that a federal judge has temporarily blocked that. And we'll see what the judge decides. Another judge in terms of the remain in Mexico policy, because a number of states attorneys general have actually sued on that one to make sure that that remains in place. And as we're finding out, the Biden administration isn't even abiding by the judge. There was an order by the court to say, you got to keep remain in Mexico, keep those in Mexico. And the Biden administration just sort of snubbing their nose. No big deal. And we'll find out this week if another judge 
holds the Biden administration accountable on that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Karen on line two. Go ahead, Karen, your thoughts. Hi. Um, I'm just wondering, I mean, remember when George Floyd was killed that uh, Nancy Pelosi and a lot of the uh, con- uh, members of Congress you know, were calling him a hero and this and that. You think they're going to do the same thing for this Texas uh, National Guardsman that just got killed? He's more of a hero than this George Floyd was. And they wanted to make a bill and all this, you know, in uh, George Floyd's name. Remember that? Yeah. You know what's interesting, Karen, you bring that up? I was waiting all weekend for a statement from the White House when he was missing. And everybody knew, sadly, the result was not going to be a good one. He was missing for such a long period of time and they were doing the search. And it like it only was just a few hours ago, basically, that we finally heard anything from the White House expressing sorrow of the loss. And I thought about how different it would have been because under President Trump, he would have come right out and say, listen, I pray uh, that this man is found. We're all appreciating the hard work of the people at the border. I mean, there were so many different ways it would have been handled. And it took him so long to even make a statement, basically, at all about it. And you're right, because this guy was absolutely a hero. And the sad thing is we find out that it was drug smugglers, too, that he was going in there to save. But it just shows that they go in to save everybody. When they see somebody who is drowning, they go in. And this guy really, just like you said, boy, was he a hero. And it's such a reminder of just the danger that they face every day and the sacrifice of our great men and women. And you're right, a a huge Huge hero. Karen, thank you. Let's go to Pete on line three. Pete, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. It's an honor to follow uh, Norman. He's my brother from another mother. You know, this thing. Uh, oh, he's, so he's, your, he's your brother, too? He's, I thought he was he, my brother. Uh, Oh, well, then we're we're brother and sister, Rita. You didn't even know it. By the the way, Norm was born in Brooklyn. I was born in Brooklyn. So so Norm and I are definitely from the same family, all right? Well, I was born in in Staten Island, but my parents moved out in July, and I was born in August. So I'm a native Staten Islander, but my heart's in Brooklyn. Well, I love Staten Island, too, my friend. Now, what do you think about this judge? I love the fact that this judge came in and said, uh-uh, we're not going to lift Title 42, Biden administration, on the border. This well, is great. Some, well, finally, somebody had a set and finally did the right thing. This is That would have been chaotic if that happened. I mean, we've got enough going on with illnesses and everything coming into the country. I mean, got to be vetted. got to be got to be checked out because... You know, people got to, my parents, my father came into Ellis Island and he had a heart. He he talked about it for years, what, you know, coming in and the greatest country in the world. My father became friends with Lee Iacocca. He used to come over our house and we went to the World's Fair and everything. My was the American dream. My father sacrificed. He worked six days a week. But, and, you, but uh, Pete, you bring up a great point, Pete, because they did it the right way. And by the way, I'm first generation American, as many of you guys know. My father's Polish. My mother's Danish. They did it the right way, too. So I, I absolutely hear you because there's a process. And it's interesting. Some of the new polls are showing that many Hispanics who are legal residents in this country really are angry at the Biden administration because they did what your parents did, Pete, and what my parents did. Um, and worked hard and they got here they went through the processes 
And now they're seeing these people just crossing the border, and they're worried about it. And they're saying, this isn't fair. This isn't right to the country either that they love, too. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. And also, Eric Adams goes after the Democratic Party, plus Elon Musk. All of that after the break. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show, we are talking about the situation on the U.S. southern border as we are also reporting the sad death of a Texas National Guardsman, a young guy who went in to retrieve two migrants. Turns out they were drug smugglers. They survived and his body washed up along shore. They located it. And boy, it is heartbreaking to hear this. And so many people are talking about the contrast between the way the administration, and Karen just hit on it when she called in in the last hour. I thought it was so powerful, Karen, what you said, because to me it was really stunning. I was waiting all weekend, okay, our prayers, our thoughts, uh, what's happening with the guardsman and his family, we hope he's safe. Um, And then as soon as he passed away, there should have been a statement absolutely issued. Here he is protecting our country. And yet, boy, what a contrast to the way that was handled to how quickly they vilified the guardsmen. Remember when they were claiming that they were whipping them under the Del Rio Bridge and then they got cleared, but they never announced that publicly? It's like they couldn't wait to throw them under the bus. And then when there's the loss of one, we really didn't hear anything. It was like finally we heard a statement later today. Kaylee McEnany, the former White House press secretary under President Trump, had this to say because, boy, she saw the contrast. Um, A a tragic story, of course, as we learned it. And I said then, you know, I hope the White House comes out and says something swiftly, expeditiously, emphatically. They didn't. But I just want to remind everyone, because we also talked about the border whipping story, how the DHS secretary immediately essentially came out within, I think it was 48 hours, said he was horrified. Uh, It troubled him profoundly. Saki said people are understandably upset, horrifying, don't have the full context. They were so quick to demonize Border Patrol. Where are they on a National Guardsman? They should have been out here immediately. The politics are what matters, though. Yeah, how sad is that, that it is all about politics? And by the way, I do want to give a shout-out tonight to Mayor Eric Adams. He was on 60 Minutes, and he took his party to task. Not about the border, but he did take them to task about shootings within the African-American community and also said, boy, is there a contrast When a police officer shoots someone as opposed to when it's black on black crime, where is Black Lives Matter? I thought it was really great that he actually called out some people in his own party for the hypocrisy and also said they got to get tough on fighting crime. Take a listen. This is New York City Mayor Eric Adams. 
You said the, the Democrats don't like to, to talk about that. Why is that? Because when you talk about intervention, you have to use the term of giving police officers the tool to deal with violence right now. That makes a lot of very liberal Democrats a little worried. Yes, it does. Because that's Rudy Giuliani language. Can you believe that? That's Rudy Giuliani language. That's the language of somebody who cleaned up the streets in New York City. So that should be the language of mayors across the country because it worked before and it can work and not just in New York City, but so many others. But it was so interesting to hear the liberal media saying, whoa, 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 protect police, because that was basically the essence of that support police. Whoa, 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 whoa. And you're going after Black Lives Matter. To his credit, Eric Adams did go after Black Lives Matter. Wouldn't it be nice if more Democratic mayors Really call them out. I mean, these are the people that have these mansions all over the place. They have their homes all over the place. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of Eric Adams doing that. Democrats don't like talking about intervention. But we have to lean into the discomfort of the immediate things we must do. Because you can't say black lives matter when a police officer shoots a young person. But does that black lives matter when a 12-year-old baby was shot? Bravo to Eric Adams for at least bringing that up, guys. And I want to take your calls on that as well after the break. What do you think of Eric Adams' message? And do you think that that is the message of the Democratic Party? Listen, there were a number of them that came forward even on Title 42 on the border and said, this is not a good idea. There seems to be at least a slight trend, not within all of them, because some of them are left-wing loonies. But there seems to be a number of them who are coming forward and saying, hey, listen, we got to protect our borders, even though I think it's an election year. And that's why a lot of them are doing it. But also we're hearing from Eric Adams saying, you know what, we got to call it out for what it is. We need to protect our police more. And it was funny because Anderson Cooper's like, whoa, 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 wait, did I maybe mishear you? And he's like, no, 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 this is what I said. So I. I hope he can put some practice into what he's preaching and not just be verbiage. But I want to hear your thoughts as to if you think it's sincere and do you think it makes a difference? At least it's nice to hear a Democratic mayor at least saying, I support, we need to support police more and give them more tools. He's trying to find a balance between community and policing, but he is at least giving some deference to police and saying that Black Lives Matter needs a big wake up call. Why aren't some more Democrats doing the same? Why are they scared of Black Lives Matter? What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, while we're at it, I want to give a shout-out, not just to Mayor Eric Adams, but I want to give a shout-out to Elon Musk because I think it is so great that he has now bought Twitter. That, to me, is great. And what's so funny is to see the Twitter employees just freaking out like, oh, my gosh, what does it mean for free speech? What it means for free speech is that there will be free speech. That's what it means. And it's so funny to see the people that were working at that go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Elon Musk is here. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does if he brings back on President Trump. If he brings back on a whole bunch of people that were blocked or shadow banned or dropped or whatever the case is, I love the fact that he came out today and he already said, listen, even if you don't agree with me or whatever it is, I hope you will stay on the platform because I want it to be truly a free speech platform for all different views. 
Isn't that what free speech is all about? I don't know why that is so scary to certain people. The idea of free speech suddenly is frightening for some reason to people. But I say bravo to Elon Musk. I think it is fantastic. Former President Trump, by the way, said he has no intention of rejoining Twitter. Remember, they banned him and his millions upon millions of followers. But it'll be interesting because he has his own truth social platform. But what do you think? Do you think he'll come back? And what do you think it means for the future of Twitter and do you think now the floodgates will open? Can you imagine what are they going to do? Try to create sort of a whole new Twitter or a whole new other thing? I love the fact that they're going, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe free speech is coming into place. Who would ever have been scared of free speech? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here's a little bit of Brian Stelter on CNN talking about Elon Musk. I, I think that's a uh, that's a... That's an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is, if you, uh, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party? Or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users might love the idea that there's going to be absolutely no moderation and no rules at all. Others might not want to be anywhere near that. Am I, am I crazy, Matt? No, no, you're right. And what, what happens to the advertising? I mean, if there's no moderation or little moderation, do the right. advertisers stay away? What does that do to the, yeah. the business prospects for Twitter itself? Unbelievable. Like, oh, my God, now it's going to be with uh, – now other people are going to be included in this? God forbid in free speech that that happens. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's get your thoughts on that. And also on Eric Adams saying police officers need more support. And also the black community, Black Lives Matter, for example, needs to make sure that they also focus on black on black crime, not just when a police officer is involved in a shooting. He says it needs to go a lot further. If you really care about black lives, You will focus on all black lives. I say bravo to him. It's a message that I wish more politicians were saying. And you can tell it was, again, like, oh, I can't believe he's going there. You know, like like it was almost like, don't say that. Don't say that from, uh, you know, from CNN's Anderson Cooper. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We're talking about the border as well. Let's go to Phil uh, on line one. Phil, your thoughts about the border, my friend. Good evening, Rita. Okay, here's the scoop. Number one, I applaud the judge's decision. Let's thank God for that. Number two, the issue here is anybody sat down and pondered why, why a country as the United States would literally bring in millions upon millions of people who have no income, who have no social position whatsoever, very little education, don't even speak the language. Why? It's very simple, because they're going to make them citizens through amnesty. You make people who, who don't have that kind of background, you make them citizens, they vote, and you know how they're going to vote. They're going to kiss the hand that fed them. Number three, the biggest fear that I have, being a military man, is that among those millions of people who this government has violated laws, the federal codes concerning immigration, who, who they brought in, I guarantee you, you've got a very, very large number of them who are former military, either in their own country or in other countries. And if you bring in, say, 50, 100,000 of these people, 
they they know what to do. They can seize control of a state or even a country if they're adequate enough. Now, by the way, Phil, did you hear the number that Tom Holman was saying to us in the last hour? 700,000 gotaways since Biden has taken office. Um, you know, think about it. There's a lot of damage that 700,000 people can suddenly do. Yeah, and not, I'm not worried about 700,000. I'm worried about that 10 percent of them who are probably former military who, who, for one reason or another, deserted their country and came running here. You can have a covert operation. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Red Dawn. It can happen. The, the invasion of the United States came from Central and South America. Okay? We don't know who these people are. And the point is, number four, these people have not been medically vetted. We don't know. They could have everything from malaria to God knows what other disease. Absolutely. Which, and, which and is why, Phil. Which is the Southwest. Phil, exactly. Which is why it doesn't make sense to other than, you know, what you and, and what a lot of us are surmising is that it's all about politics, that they want the people in here. And by the way, over the weekend, um, Elizabeth Warren came out. Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, former presidential candidate, came out and she was in an interview with CNN. And she said, you know, well, you know, at the border, we're thinking about amnesty. We're thinking it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. She threw out that that A word that you just talked about that that is sort of the plan of the administration is to give them potentially amnesty that she's going to push for it. And certainly others will, too, to say that all the ones that are here now, surprise, surprise. And you just hit the head about the health issues, too, because that's why it doesn't make any sense. All the disease you think about the conditions that these people are living in. And I feel bad for them because they're taking a tough route to get here, but they're not exactly living in sanitary conditions on the way to get here and yet we're not vetting them from a health perspective, Phil, but we're also not vetting them, by the way, for a criminal background check either. We have no idea what they've committed in their home country because we just have no physical way to be able to check. You know, especially they're coming in from 150 countries, they said, that have crossed through our border, our southern border in the last year. So, what you know, we're not looking at the record. We don't know what they did in, you know, in Guatemala or Iraq or wherever they're coming from. Um, so not only is it a health concern, it is a huge criminal concern. Phil, thank you. You always have great perspective. Thank you. Let's go to Elena on line three. Elena, your thoughts. Good evening. What do you think, Elena? You just heard from Phil because he brings up some great points about the health of people at the border not being checked. Yes. Phil brought up the point about the health, and he also brought up the point about national security. Now, I would like to bring up the point about the morals and the patriotism of Americans who are Americans. Years ago, we used to say this thing called, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Nobody says that anymore. Hey, I say it. I believe in it. I'm I'm with you. you. Yeah. But do we have enough Americans? I wonder if the State Department people that help our president and advise him even know the words to it. How sad is that? Isn't that sad? You know, but you bring up some interesting points because here we're looking at Elena in just a little over a year's time, how different the country looks, how different the values look, um, you know, and, and it defies logic that you would have, as Phil so eloquently described, what is crossing across our borders 
from a health perspective and a safety perspective, there are just so many reasons why it does not make sense in any state or form. Let's go to Tommy real quick in Brooklyn. Tommy, real quick, Tom. Hi, Arita. Um, first and foremost, I would like to recognize the National Guardsman Bishop um, Evans and Firefighter Timothy Klein. Yep. I'm, I, was a vol- I was a volunteer fighter mom, uh, for 11 years, and I served 16 and a half years in the United States Army. Um, oh, thank you. And by, by the way, Tommy, um, we do what I always love every night here on the show. We do, as you guys know, we do our Back the Blue, and then we also do our Salute Our Heroes. And tonight I'm going to be talking in our Salute Our Heroes segment, Salute to Our Heroes segment, um, uh, who is the background, basically, of Timothy Klein and his incredible heroism, uh, fire department um, firefighter of the FDNY who was killed in the Brooklyn Blaze as you guys know, and just uh, such a sad story, but we want to be able to honor him and highlight him in our Support Our Heroes segment that we do every night here on the show. And thank you for that. And I just wanted to say that all this money that we're going to have to pay in the future cannot be sustained. You know, we're giving them phones, housing, schooling, uh, medical. Um, you know, America is going to go broke. Uh, it's, going, it's, it's, it's a direct threat to our sovereignty. And allowing this illegal immigration, it's crazy. Uh, it is treason. This is treason. Right? Well, that's why. Treason. That's yeah. why. And Tommy, thank you for the call, because that's exactly what Tom Holman was saying. He said it's time for Mallorca's to either be impeached or resign. I'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. one 800 This is the Rita Cosby Show. Is a long line coming to the border, not a long train coming, but a long line coming to the border. But now it may be on hold that a federal judge has temporarily blocked the Biden administration from lifting Title 42. Wow, that's a big deal and that is a huge blow to the Biden administration. But there are big caravans that are headed to the border. Long lines are coming, guys. And they are wondering what's going on. Well, now it is in the court's hands. And you can bet that the Biden administration, just like they did with the mask mandate, they're going to want to appeal this one, too, as well, even though two different philosophies. One is for a health reason. This one's like, come on in. Doesn't matter what you have. Doesn't matter what your criminal background is. Come on in, everybody. So let's see what they argue on this one as to their reasoning why they want a mask mandate. And why they want open borders without checking the background of those that are crossing. And at a time, as we know, where a Texas National Guardsman lost his life trying to save migrants turned out to be two drug smugglers, which is just so tragic. But that is the incredible work of our guardsmen and our men and women that are at the border. Your thoughts about all this? one 800 848 Let's go to Paul on line three. Paul, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts? Hey, Rita, how are you? I'm good, and I'm glad to hear that this judge stepped in and at least put a temporary block. We'll see how long it lasts, but it's a good sign that at least a federal judge is coming and go, what the heck are you doing in Biden administration? No, it's so true. I'm actually, I'm actually from Canada, and I came in here legally. It took me a while, did the right paperwork. And I sit there and I think to myself, I go, 
in the bigger picture of common sense, I'm going, this doesn't make any sense. And we have adults running the country. And my opinion is they're not acting like adults. It's like, it's almost childish. It is. And, and it's, it's also dangerous, too. I mean, that's the other thing. Paul, thank you very much for the call. Let's go to Eric real quick. Line two. Eric, your thoughts. Hey, Eric, we're losing you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Rita. Hello, yep. can you hear me? Yep, we hear you. Go ahead, Eric. So yep. I was telling my mother the good news about the, the federal judge blocking Title 42. I was calling about them. I'm Eric Adams. Perfect, um, yeah. Yeah, talk <laughs> about, yeah, he's tell me about a, Eric Adams because, of course. Well, he's he, been on it. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, he's been on a collision course with, with uh, Black Lives Matter and radicals in general since he's, since the homeless crackdowns. I think I, I told Frank about it. They're going to they're gonna ambush him in the media. And it was spontaneous because he did it, you know, the, the after, right after the black terrorists, the harassed terrorists in subway shot. But we're shooting people. It was a couple of nights later, these teenagers were killed. And that's when he said it. You know, I think he really, you know, he, he has no choice. If you're, you're going to pick public safety or, or pander to people who don't care about public safety. Well, listen, and by the way, I hope, Eric, too, by the way, that more people take a cue from that. And I also hope, you know, it's not just words because it's, you know, it's easy to say, hey, listen, I support the police. I don't believe in defund. Um, Black Lives Matter. He has taken them on from the beginning. I'm happy to see, um, and saying, "Listen, you got to be consistent. You got to care about all lives." Um, but let's see if it's not just words. That's what we have to find out. How much will he actually back the police? He's a former cop, so I think that's a really good sign. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about this, also talking about the border, and also talking about Ukraine. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor first responders and also our great men and women in the military, as I had mentioned earlier, the tragic death of a member of the FDNY, the Fire Department of New York, um, as they are mourning the loss of a firefighter, Timothy Klein. Uh, Bunting was hung today, this afternoon, at Ladder 170 Engine Company 257 in Brooklyn. Klein, who's 31 years old and a six-year veteran of the FDNY, was killed while battling a massive fire in Canarsie, Brooklyn, on Sunday. FDNY members saluted as his body was transported from the hospital. Now, Klein was appointed to the FDNY in December 2015. He was assigned to the latter company, 170. From the start of his career, they know him and they loved him. We've heard so many outpouring from literally not just New York, but around the country of his loss. And incidentally, in January 2019, Klein eulogized his fellow friend and firefighter Stephen Pollard, who tragically lost his life when he fell through a gap on the Belt Parkway in New York while trying to save victims of a crash. Klein is the 1,157th member of the FDNY to die in the line of duty. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with Timothy Klein and his family, and his family at the Fire Department of New York. Um, I've had the pleasure of getting to know so many folks with the Fire Department. The men and women there are amazing, and our thoughts and prayers are with you tonight, big time. 
Well, we are talking now about Russia, Ukraine, and some big developments in the last few days as finally some folks from the Biden administration got a set of cojones and finally went in to Kiev. First of all, we've seen already Boris Johnson from the U.K. We've seen two leaders from Poland, from my beloved Poland. Of course, my father from Poland. We saw the president and the prime minister of Poland go at separate times. We've seen leaders from other countries go in as well and meet with Zelensky. My goodness, Zelensky even did a press conference the other day at a train station underground because there's not a lot of places that are safe for him. But he had a whole slew of reporters over the weekend. And so finally, members of the administration went, not Biden, he didn't go, but we did see Lloyd Austin and we did see Secretary of State Blinken. So I'm glad that they went. They should have gone a long time ago. It would have sent a message. And also, if you listen to them, listen to their language. This is really interesting because they've been very kind of tepid to say, well, we want to make sure we give Ukraine what it needs. We want to do this. But they really weren't really clear about who they wanted to win. They were almost afraid to say that they want Ukraine to win and they want Putin to lose. Well, now, finally, after going into Kiev and talking to Zelensky And now how it is two months. We're at the two-month mark. I mean, this is amazing that this war has gone on and just the brutal attacks by Russia on the people of Ukraine. Finally, finally, we're getting a little bit of clarity, if you will, from administration officials because now they're seeing that Ukraine has the fight and the will to win. And we should have given them weapons at the beginning. I get so angry because we should have given them weapons at the very beginning. It probably would have averted the war had we sent in also NATO troops at the border in the NATO countries right there on Ukraine's border. Think about the message that would have sent to Putin. But now, finally, they're trying to get at least a little tougher, at least verbally. And they are sending more military might, not the MiGs yet. But take a listen. Here, at least, is Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and his assessment of where the situation's going. In terms of uh, our, their ability to win, uh, the first step in winning is believing that you can win. And so they believe that we can win. We believe that they, we can, win, they can win if they have the right uh, equipment, the right support. And we're going to do everything we can, continue to do everything we can. I still would like to hear a little more assertiveness Wouldn't you guys, when you hear it, it's still kind of like a little mamsy-pamsy. It needs to be a little clearer, but it is a little bit more strident and a little more structured and a little more supportive of Ukraine than I've heard. They seem to always kind of say, well, you know, Russia's doing this and Ukraine's doing that and we're giving this. and we're." It's like, no, we want Ukraine to win. We want to kick Putin out. Finally, they got at least a little more clear with that. And here's a little more of what Lloyd Austin said about what we need to give them. Uh, Our focus uh, in the meeting was to uh, talk about those things that would enable us to win the current fight and also build for tomorrow. And and, uh, again, a very productive discussion. And finally, Secretary of State Tony Blinken said what we wanted to hear two months ago. Take a listen. We don't know how the rest of this war will unfold, but we do know that a sovereign independent Ukraine will be around a lot longer than Vladimir Putin's on the scene. And our support for Ukraine going forward uh, will continue. It will continue until we see final success. 
So that was at least a little bit better. Why has it taken this administration so long to say, we want Ukraine to win, we want Putin to be out of Ukraine, and Putin won't be around? They're still kind of dancing around the verbiage, but at least they're getting a little bit closer. But how do you read the comments from Lloyd Austin and Secretary of State Blinken? And by the way, just coming in a few minutes ago, uh, Pope Francis who was scheduled to meet with the Russian Orthodox Patriarch, has now said that he has dropped plans to meet with the Patriarch in June. This is the Russian Orthodox Patriarch, um, who is the leader of the Russian Orthodox Church. And he says that he does not feel that it would be a good idea. They've suspended the plan because he said it could lend itself to much confusion at this moment. That is the phrasing from the Pope saying that he does not plan to meet with the Russian Orthodox Patriarch, who, of course, is head of the Orthodox Church there in Russia. I'm not one to sort of go after religious leaders, but I'm going to go after this Orthodox Patriarch because this guy is nuts. He has backed Moscow's war in Ukraine. And to me, over the weekend, there was this one moment that I just I had a pit in my stomach. I was watching Vladimir Putin. There he is at the service for Orthodox Easter, you know, and there he is doing the sign of the cross, talking, you know, sitting there in church, knowing that this Eastern Orthodox Russian patriarch, again, there's different patriarchs, there's a Greek one, not the Greek one, but the Russian one, has come out in support of Vladimir Putin and his war in Ukraine. What kind of a patriarch and religious leader are you that you're supporting the slaughter of innocent civilians. He has not come out and condemned anything that Vladimir Putin has done. And if there's anybody who might be able to have some sort of an impact on Vladimir Putin, you would think the leader of the Russian Orthodox Church maybe could have a bearing. And there he is. There's Vladimir Putin over the weekend sitting there in the church doing the sign of the cross, acting like he's a religious man and a man of faith. And a man, you know, what about thou shalt not kill? Think about all the different commandments. There he is. And then we've got the head of the Russian Orthodox Church saying he supports the war and he supports Putin. To me, that is outrageous. And yes, the Pope is trying to make a difference. I wish the Pope would even do more to try to bring all the sides together and cause an end to it. But if there's anybody who might be able to have some sort of significance on Vladimir Putin... You would think it would be the Russian Orthodox Patriarch. And instead, he is supporting Putin in his brutal assault of the Ukrainian people. Does anybody understand that and understand why he is doing that? You know, we talked about it actually earlier, I remember. And I was thinking about, you know, people were saying, well, is he maybe afraid to speak out? Most people believe that he would not go after the Eastern Orthodox leader of the Russian church because there are too many followers, you know, in Russia, that that would not be, it wouldn't be like, you know, maybe a general he could, quote, dispose of, but they don't necessarily, he would, you know, go after the, you know, leader of the Eastern Orthodox Church. But doesn't he have a responsibility as a religious leader? He should say, get the heck out of the church. What are you doing here in church? You're slaughtering innocent women and children. And why is he not coming out and condemning Vladimir Putin, maybe he might be able to cause a meeting and cause a truce, do something. 
Why is he sitting here? How dare this religious leader? I can't believe it that he is sitting here supporting the war on Ukraine. And I was just sitting there watching Vladimir Putin in church with his lip kind of moving. People are wondering if there's Parkinson's or something else. But he's just sitting there and I'm going, are you kidding me? You're sitting there in church acting like you're holier than thou. You've got the head of the Eastern Orthodox Church there, the Russian patriarch, sitting there supporting your war. Isn't there something really wrong with this picture? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete and New Hampshire on line three. Pete, your thoughts about this? Yeah, hi, Rita. First off, uh, I was born and raised as a Catholic uh, under Catholicism. And when the priest ran away with a 16-year-old girl, we folded up our tent and got away from the Catholicism. This is back in the early 60s, Rita. And there was a very good reason. We didn't blame the church as it was locally, but we never had any faith in the Vatican to begin with. They're all crooks. Anyways. But what about, and Pete, but Pete, at least the Pope is trying sort of. I wish he would do a little more. But but you got but Pete you got this guy he is the patriarch of the Russian Church the Eastern you know Orthodox Church the Russian patriarch and boy if anybody could maybe somehow tap into Putin and say stop it and instead he's supporting the war he's supporting he's not condemning him for any of these horrible atrocities anything I mean that to me is shameful Pete yes I I, I agree with you Rita. But there's one other point that I want to make, and I have stressed that a couple times on your pro- during your program. I had called in and spoke to you about it. It all goes back to leadership here in our own country as well, Rita. I'm going to break away from religion just for one, one quick second before we hang up tonight. And here's the deal. Here's the thing, okay? And the thing about this is it's called leadership in our own country as well. Break away from religion just for one brief moment. They, the, our government, ta- under Biden, okay, we talk about, oh, we're going to increase the sanctions and this and that, and one thing or another with sanctions. But here's the deal, Rita. Meanwhile, if we want to increase sanctions, then we go after Russia to oil, and we stop. If you want to break Vladimir Putin, and it could have been done months ago, Vladimir Putin doesn't give a damn about the sanctions we've got imposed on him right now. We should have... Russia is selling the oil to China. All their income is coming from China and India. There's our threat. You know, it Pete, isn't just Russia. Pete, it's the energy that's being sold to these two major factors, Rita. Great point. By the way, Pete, you are right on because we have never done anything to put any pressure on China. We've never done anything to put any pressure on India. I mean, the fact that they are continuing to this day And a lot of it, obviously, at least in the case of India, we haven't given them an alternative because, remember, just as you talked about, this administration's policies, you know, made us not energy independent, even though we were. And of all times to not be energy independent right now, it is unbelievable. And we are paying a dear, dear price. Um, Pete, great call. Always great to hear from you. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Phil on line two in Philly. Go ahead, Phil. Hey, Phil. Oh, you mean Bill? Hey, Bill. Okay, it's Bill. Sorry, yeah, we had Phil, uh, but uh, but they they sound familiar. They sound the same. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, uh, my opinion is that uh, the Russian Orthodox 
patriarch is afraid. He's controlled by Putin. He's well, afraid. And he clearly he is afraid. But you know what? Then Putin maybe he should him. say, I'll leave at a principle. If he really is a religious leader, how could you in any form accept it? I don't, you know, I don't want him to get slaughtered. But what about taking off on a flight and saying, I can't condone this, or at least trying to talk to him and say, this is not, you know, this is not the way to go. It seems like, if anything, he is endorsing it. He's actually like supporting it. He's like, oh, I fully support this. I fully do that. And many people believe that of all people, he would probably be one of the people that Putin would not touch because there are so many followers there in Russia of that faith. Um, we're talking millions upon millions and millions of people. Um, that's a huge amount of people. And so a lot of people believe he's one of the few. And he doesn't even seem to want to try. I mean, that's what's really frightening. But, Phil, great point. That's my That was my first thought. But a lot of people just believe, no, he he supports them. I mean, to me, that's, that is astounding. Let's go to John on line one. John, your thoughts real quick. Hey, John. John, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. Let's go to Mike on line five. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Mike. Oops, I'm losing Mike, too. Let's go to Larry on line six. We got a lot of callers. Go to Larry. You know, I agree with the last. It's a very interesting point about this Russian Orthodox leader. I agree with the last caller. You see, this guy, there's 21,000 dead uh, Russian soldiers. This guy could cause a revolution in the country if he opposed Putin at this juncture. So I believe it's fear. And, uh, you know, there's also a but you know what? Of- but you know what? If you are a leader of faith of the church, you know, you have some responsibility to do it as opposed to I'm endorsing it. It's like, are you kidding me? You're a religious feeder, uh, uh, you know, figure and you're endorsing uh, this war that as we're now hearing, especially in the last few weeks of like rape of Ukrainians, uh, torture, uh, executions, what we're hearing is happening in Mariupol. I mean, I think that that is possibly part of it. Or maybe this guy is just crazy like Putin, too. Who knows? The thing is, you have to understand what's going on in Russia, you see. There's also a powerful rabbi that has uh, access to Putin anytime, Beryl Lazar. And when Putin invaded Crimea, the rabbis were complaining um, in Crimea uh, to Beryl Lazar, why don't you say something to him? And, and Lazar said, don't t- criticize politicians for what they do. In other words, he made it a, a war uh, uh, political. You see, they're afraid of Putin. They're all afraid. The way the country is structured, if you go against him, he'll poison or kill you. Right. And that's, and that's, that's the fact. And by the way, Larry, thank you for the call, because I do think that there's probably some of that. On the other hand, don't you as a religious figure, maybe you say something and then you ask for asylum in America. Don't you think that person would get asylum? Anybody else is crossing the border. You would think that that one would be able to cross. We're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And Russia is continuing its ruthless assault on Ukraine. In fact, by the way, they hit a whole bunch of rail stations literally hours after Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary for the United States and our secretary of state, after they left the country, 
by train. A lot of people think that was clearly a message from Russia to the U.S. And take a listen. Here is Blinken talking about the ruthless attacks. We had an opportunity as well to talk about where this goes from here. Um, With the success that Ukraine has had, it's also true that Russia continues to try to brutalize parts of the country. And the death and destruction uh, that we continue to see is horrific. But Ukrainians are standing up, they're standing strong, and they're doing that with the support that we have coordinated uh, from literally around the world. Yeah, except guess what? The leader of the Russian Orthodox Church, the patriarch, the Russian patriarch, so far, he doesn't seem to be doing anything about the Russian attacks. And in fact, there was Putin yesterday at an Easter service there, giving a sign of the cross, acting like he is a man of the cloth, holier than thou. It just was shocking to me. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael uh, on Line 8 in Virginia Beach. Go ahead, Michael. Uh, Yes. uh, Since uh, Joe Biden took office, more than 100,000 Americans have died from Chinese fentanyl poisoning. 75,000 of those were black people. So we know we have a racist administration, and there are 20 words, just 20-word phrase in the Declaration of Independence, which describes the Biden administration. He is, at this time, transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny. Are you talking, you're discussing obviously all about our southern border, you're saying, and, and, and listen, you know, Michael, we were talking about this earlier. It's interesting because a judge came in and said there should not be a lifting of Title 42. That's a big headline. And I hear you about the security um, at our border. And you're right about the 100,000 because that's what Tom Holman was saying, that 100,000 Americans have died uh, under fentanyl in just the Biden administration's time. I mean, that is a staggering number. That is a huge, huge number. Michael, thanks for the call. Always appreciate it. Let's go to Shannon on line three. Go ahead, Shannon. Hi, Rita. Thank you. Um, I've heard from several sources, and I'm really confused because what I'm hearing is that we should not believe what the media is showing us in uh, with regards to the Ukraine, that they're using films from Beirut and different places. We really don't know what what we're seeing. We wouldn't know the difference. Well, and, and the Shannon, let me, let me answer you there. Um, just sorry, because we're up a little bit against the clock. You know, it is hard to verify a lot of the things, but we do know for a fact that the administration that, I mean, and so many people, by the way, have gone into some of these towns like Bucha and have seen it firsthand. Um, And so there's been clear, unrefutable evidence in a number of these horrible, horrible atrocities that they have indeed happened. Um, And obviously, it's hard to verify everything, but a lot of them have been verified. Uh, Let's go to John on line one. John, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, can you hear me now? Yep, I can. Go ahead. Sorry about it. We're having a little bit of technical, but go ahead, John. Not a problem. Listen, I I heard from a few Russians from uh, the Brooklyn area that I know. If you got to know about history, a little bit about the Russian people, when the communists took over, there's a church called the Russian 
Orthodox Church outside of Russia. Roll and, call. And Look it real, up. Yeah, real quick, John. Yeah. yeah. And the bottom line is the priests back in 1918 all were shot and replaced by KGB. And after the wall fell, Clinton decided to give all of uh, the Russian authorities. I think, and by the way, the John, I, I, I think I know where you're going, that a lot of the priests are KGB. And I wouldn't be surprised because the head of the church seems to be agreeing with Putin. And that is stunning.